Hello, I'm Emma Rice and welcome to Wise Children's Detention. I think the last time I sat down and recorded one of these was at the tail end of the Baghdad Cafe production period. That feels like a lifetime ago now, but in fact it was only a few short weeks away. Desperate to get back to work after lockdown, Wise Children's schedule has been a roller coaster since spring. I've never been one to miss out on an opportunity, but now this hunger for making work is even more intense. And so it was that after closing Baghdad Cafe on the Saturday night, we all arrived at a rehearsal studio just around the corner from the London Old Vic the very next Monday, ready to start work on our new project, Wuthering Heights. I'm currently midway through rehearsals, and it's been an exhilarating ride so far. We have a huge task ahead of us as we try and wrangle one of the greatest works of literature of all time into a piece of theatre, and all in only five short weeks. We're all up for the challenge, though, and the room is fizzing with ideas and energy, so much so that it feels as if we might just burst out of it and tumble onto the cut in a tangle of rehearsal skirts, door frames, props and passions. It's a truly epic tale, and I've got a wonderfully epic company to tell it, but that is for another day. Today, we're going back to the beginning, where all good stories start. I started working on my adaptation of Wuthering Heights in 2018. It was supposed to be Wise Children's new show following the joyful Mallory Towers, but that was before Covid, when we had plans and strategies and thought that our destinies were in our own hands. If only we knew. So much has happened in the last three years, professionally and personally. I've lurched from grief to hope, despair to frustration, but throughout, Wuthering Heights has continued to develop and change, deepen and grow. I've rewritten several times and it's been redesigned, but the core ideas and the raw passion I felt for the project at the start remain unchanged. The recordings you're about to hear are the ones I made in the winter of 2019. Eager to spend some time alone with the book, the landscape and the ideas that were bubbling in my brain, I decided to drive to the Yorkshire Moors. I stayed at Pondon Hall, the house often cited as the inspiration for Bronte's Thrushcross Grange. It seemed the perfect place to start my Wuthering Heights journey. I got in my old, tiny and ill-equipped car, armed only with my warmest jumpers, my laptop and my fluffy microphone, and I headed north to find my Cathy, my Heathcliff and my Yorkshire Moor. What follows are the unedited recordings I made whilst I was there. It's been strange for me to hear them back, a bit like opening the Blue Peter time capsule. So much has changed for me over the last three years. I'd almost forgotten what an important, creative and emotional trip it was. Enough talking from now. Here goes. Hello. Um, I'm in... An amazing place. I'm in a place called Pondon Hall, which they think is the original Thrushcross Grange from Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights. And it is. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of evidence. But this isn't about evidence. This trip has really been about emotion. 
although I wasn't really expecting it. I thought, um, I'm, anybody who knows me will tell you that I'm a terribly undisciplined person and I find it quite hard to knuckle down and do what I have to do. So I thought I'd force my own hand and come and spend some time on the Yorkshire Moors, immerse myself in the Brontes and hope that by giving myself this space that something would come. And it has. I mean, I switched the microphone on because I've just made myself cry and I thought this is the sort of moment that you should capture. I mean, it's extraordinary here. The landscape, the wildness, the brutality and the beauty all in one. It, it sort of defies description, except obviously it doesn't because the Brontes did it so extraordinarily. So I've been sat here in this extraordinary old house with a log fire and a box bed and no television. And I've, in the short time that I've been here, I've had the sunshine and I've had the rain and I've had snow. But it's been more of that. I've really immersed myself in the world of Wuthering Heights and the cruelty at its heart, human cruelty and what happens if those seeds are planted and how the effect of that cruelty lasts for generations. I'm dumbstruck really. It's been something that's frightened me about the piece for a long time. I'm a sort of romantic at heart and there's so little romance in this book. It's been clothed, it's been dressed up as a romance by Hollywood over the years, but it, it really isn't. This is about obsession and control bitterness and jealousy and revenge. It's a revenge tragedy and what's lost is human hope and human love. And I've been trying to grow that back a little bit in my version. And once immersed in that this cruelty, when the seeds of hope and love begin to grow back, my, it's powerful. And I'm really feeling the power of the moors and I'm feeling the power of now and I'm feeling the power of those extraordinary spirits that walk before me and walked this very room and read books in this very room. I feel them and I feel them saying, just write it, write the truth, write your rage, write your fury and see if some hope can bubble through. I'm going to go out for a walk in a minute because it's getting quite intense in here. And just so you know, it is because I'm actually um, by Kathy's window where Heathcliff came and knocked for her. That's where I've been sleeping. And it hasn't been scary at all, you know. I'm not scared. I love it. I've come here to meet them. And at this moment, I feel like I have... So this is it, this is the, the wind on the Yorkshire Moors. I've got my grey fluffy top on the microphone so I don't know that you can hear it but it's pretty wild, although not as wild as it was this morning. 
you know the thing that I always think about is how did these women lead such outdoor lives in those clothes I mean I asked somebody the other day and he said I think they were hard as nails undoubtedly but how did they not just get dragged to the ground by those skirts the weight of it the weight of the rain the weight of the elements it's brutal hard as nails is right I reckon <laughs> it's just started to hail <laughs> I think we're establishing that I'm not hard as nails <laughs> I'm actually on the Pennine Way at the moment and I'm looking out at a landscape <laughs> that the Bronte sisters would have looked at not 100% because there's a man-made lake now and a few wind turbines but apart from that this is exactly what they would have seen <sighs> I really feel like I can reach back and touch them but man all sentiment aside respect respect they were travelling no small distances and weathering extraordinary weather I've been told about a, a huge mudslide that came down from the moor that nearly killed two of the sisters they sheltered actually in a part of the house that I've been staying in Pondon Hall apparently it was a seven foot wall of earth that came towards them <laughs> can you imagine because I grew up in Nottingham we always used to come up north and in fact me and my sister walked the Pennine Way with my dad now I'm not sure but I think it would have been in the late 70s 79 maybe so we'd have walked this path and I'd have grown up looking at this landscape and it's fascinating because I've spent so much of my adult life in Cornwall how different it is how how much more masculine I want to say there's a hardness of the Yorkshire Moors which is sort of exhilarating you can feel the adrenaline boosting and the almost a competitive sense of um, going to battle with nature which I never felt in Cornwall Cornwall's quite porous you can hide in crannies, nooks and crannies there's a softness about Cornwall but here, oh my goodness, even this walk is going into battle. The weather's coming in quite harsh now. I'm getting beaten by the sleet. I was going to try and make it up to Pond and Kirk, where I was yesterday. But this is feeling pretty exposed to me. <laughs> Soft as flannel, I reckon I am, not hard as nails. But it's taking my breath away, literally and metaphorically. It does make you want to run. It does make you want to shout because nobody would hear. And the elation of that. I am loving thinking about Heathcliff and Cathy. Feral spirits filled with joy and rage and emotions unnamed. Rolling in this 
elemental landscape, angry landscape. So one of my jobs is to find the love, see if there's love in there, see what it means. Why do I want to tell it at this time? Because my God, we need to find the love at the moment. All the respect, all the kindness, maybe love's too big a word. Simple care would do me at the moment. Simple care. Well, I'm being blown home. <laughs> Something's telling me that I'm not tough enough to be out in this. <laughs> it's almost funny. It's almost funny. It's really blowing me home. If I try and go in the opposite direction, it just throws sleet and hail in my face. And then when I turn to go home, back to my snug room, ow! <laughs> it's really vicious. It's blowing me down the hill. So whatever the gods are here, I think they're being pretty clear with me. <laughs> Which suits me, they're telling me to get back inside. Ow! They're literally hitting my face like needles. I'm, um, I'm, I'm thinking about Wuthering Heights as a Greek tragedy, so trying to look at the tragic curve and also where the chorus might come in. And <laughs> I'm looking at the moor being the chorus and having a voice. And I tell you, it's shouting at me today. It's really shouting at me. It's saying, you want to mess with me? Come on, bring it on. <laughs> Can you hear it? actually running now not because I wish to but because the wind is blowing my legs my poor little legs oh <laughs> bloody marvelous I'm coming home So I've made it back to Pondon Hall <laughs> I'm just turning the corner <laughs> and actually the weather seems to be calming down. feels like they've got me where they want me. Maybe they're telling me to keep writing. <sighs> Can you hear that? <sighs> it's the sound of the door, sound of the warm, sound of the car. Right, I'm back. <laughs> After the funniest walk in history. It's funny doing things alone, isn't it? There's nobody to watch you, which means even funny things don't get a laugh. <laughs> I think that's why you make theatre, isn't it? To share the ridiculous things in life, whether they're tragic or comic. Been around back, I've got the fire going. Can you hear it? That's a bit of a different sound, isn't it? Uh, subtle. The tears have stopped. I feel, don't feel as emotional. I've been battered by the Yorkshire Moors. And they've sent me back and they're saying do some more work. So I'm going to do some more work. And what I, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was working on a structure and um, looking at the broad brushstrokes of how this extraordinary novel might turn into a piece of theatre. But I've ended up writing poetry, which is not something I 
have ever done before. But that's what's happening. Um, so I appear to be writing poetry. So let's see. I'm letting the muses take me. So here I am. It's my last night at Pondon Hall, or Thrushcross Grange, as it was in Wuthering Heights. It's so quiet here. It's absolutely amazing. I'm just sat in the dark, listening to the fire, and getting ready to go into this extraordinary bed, which is a recreation of the bed that Emily Bronte describes in her novel. It's like an oak box. Literally that. Imagine a box with a mattress in the middle of it and shutters that you can open to get in and then shut yourself up completely. And to the right of it, there's a a shutter that closes and when you open it, there's a window. And that is the window that Cathy haunted Heathcliff and Lockwood through. It's amazing. And you know, it's so not spooky here. I'm not scared. I've never been scared. Even though I'm I'm a little bit horrified by the imagination of this young woman. I've learned some incredible things about Haworth and the, the world that the Brontes were surrounded by, the amount of death that they witnessed. And I think her imagination must have been full of horrors. And that's shown by that terrifying image of a child bleeding through a window, lost. But I'm here and there's no children crying. And I'm looking forward to sleeping in my wooden box. And I actually feel... I... I feel surrounded by lots of good things here, good people, old and new. But I also feel that I could reach out. It feels so recent, having spent these days here. I feel like the Brontes are are almost only yesterday. I'm told that many descendants in the village remember, you know, can go back and, and touch that parsonage and the amazing spirits that lived within it. So it's been an amazing time and a surprising time and it's it's affected my process in a way that I didn't imagine. I thought I'd just come here and get down to work because I'd be taken away from TV and internet and distractions. But in fact, it's done something slightly different. I haven't worked as hard as I thought I'd work, but I've actually written some poetry. I think I've been inspired by the landscape, by the space, by the calm and by the history to be an artist. So thanks, Pondon Hall. Thanks, Steve and Julie. You've been amazing hosts. And I'm going to say goodnight and get into the box bed and feel only the good ghosts. Night. Morning. It's Monday morning and I'm packed, ready to leave Pondon Hall and Yorkshire and go back to real life. I'm looking out of the window um, and I can see snow on the moors. I really have had every bit of weather. They've put on a fantastic display for me. But you know, it's been a really fantastic time. The peace here is extraordinary. But also it's really demonstrated something I already knew, that if you make space 
to have ideas and be creative, then they will come. Because I'm leaving here with a heartful of emotion about Wuthering Heights, a mind full of ideas that I bet you'll see in stage and on stage in 18 months' time, and a collection of poetry and a structure. So doing this has been everything I wanted it to be, and a whole lot more as well. I think Wuthering Heights, you know, I, I think I studied it. I certainly, we walked the Pennine Way, I think I said that. So, you know, the, nor the North has a place in my heart. But I'd been really sort of concerned about the brutality of the novel. But no, being here and being in this place and soaking in the life here has told me what this novel's about and told me where the hope is and told me where the love is as well. So thank you very much, Yorkshire Moors. I'm getting in my tiny car, which is completely inappropriate for this terrain. <laughs> so I hope this isn't the last you hear from me. Bye. Bye, Yorkshire. There you are. My most inner thoughts on how to create this show. I'm really glad I took the time to record them and even more grateful that I'm able to share them with you now. Those emotions that I unearthed on my visits... We returned there with the creative team later that year, are woven through this production. Wuthering Heights is not the love story it's often perceived as. It's a brutal tale of love, cruelty and revenge set against a backdrop of a landscape that is in constant battle. I'll share more of our process with you soon. We've got a long way to go, but I believe we're on the road to making something very, very special. And I really hope you get to see it.